That's a, another beer cracking because we have an exciting weekend of basketball coming up. It's the Final Four. It's the National Championship of the Men's NCAA Tournament. I'm super excited. Dan, how are you feeling? Oh, bonus episode just for it, Chuck. I'm ready. I love it. Uh, it's The month of March is just such a wild ride. And then when you turn it to April, boom, Final Four just to get started. I love it. I know we got a great two weeks of sports coming up between March Madness, baseball opening up, and the Masters all within the two-week period. And guys, this is not – this is such a big event. We couldn't just do this, me and Dan. Guys, we are being joined by our good friend, Peyton Sturm, assistant head coach at WVU Tech in Beckley. Peyton, how are you feeling today? Guys, appreciate you having me on. Excited to, excited to talk some hoops. You guys said it, March is a, it's a crazy time, and it's been a crazy couple of weeks for sure. For sure. Now, for people who are new to the podcast or new to this, this group, tell them a little bit about yourself, how you got to your coaching job, and what your history with basketball is. Okay, this is uh, my second year as an assistant coach at West Virginia Tech University, um, NAI school in Beckley, West Virginia. Uh, started out, uh, kind of always knew I wanted to be involved in sports all growing up and in high school, kind of came to the realization early on that college coaching was kind of a, a dream of mine and something I wanted to to envision myself doing the rest of my life. And I was fortunate enough going into college as an undergrad, I got on as a student manager at, at WU and was a four-year student manager with the with the basketball team there, worked for one of the greatest to ever do it in Coach Huggins. Um, had some of the some of the best years during the Press Virginia era at, at WU with a, a lot of great teams. And then fortunately after graduation, I uh, was fortunate enough to be hired back on staff as a graduate assistant. So I spent uh, a, a, one season as a, as a GA at WU. And then two summers ago, James Long, former walk-on player at WU, and then video coordinator on staff he was hired down here at w tech as the head coach asked if i wanted to come along as as one of the assistants and it was a great opportunity i couldn't pass up and one of the best decisions i've ever made coming down here and we've had very successful two seasons um two conference championships two national tournament bursts um this year was a little crazy with the covid year but won our conference tournament uh, made it to the second round of the national tournament Lost by six to the eventual national champion Shawnee State. So it's been a been a very successful two years. Been some of the best years of my life getting to coach basketball and, and being around a great group of guys. Yeah, it feels like you guys are building something there. You two, are, uh, like you said, back to back conference champions. I mean, how many games did you lose total in the two seasons? Did you even lose double digits? Uh, yeah. So uh, the first year we were, I want to say we were twenty four and eight. Um, then this past year, we were we were supposed to play 30 regular season games. We only mm-hmm. ended up playing 15 regular season games. We ended up going into quarantine three different times. We were in quarantine as a team for almost 40 days this year. So it was just it was a really weird year. It's hard to hard to get any consistency at all. Um, we really didn't start hitting our our stride as a team till going into the conference tournament, honestly, in February. 
So uh, it was a weird year, but um, ended up, I think our, our final record this year, I want to say was uh, 13 and seven. Um, so it was, uh, I think we've probably lost 13 or 14 games over the two years, but um, more importantly, just a lot of, a lot of big memorable wins along that run as well. Um, played two division one schools this year, Youngstown state and Morgan state gave, gave Youngstown a really good game, uh, went in at halftime, ended up losing, uh, by 14 in the second half. And then the following week went to Morgan state in Baltimore. Um, and then came away with a win there, which was one of the most memorable games I've ever been a part of in, in it, my entire basketball life. So it was, it was a wild year, but a very memorable one nonetheless. Yeah, I think I think that's almost everybody's for for this past year has been has been basically that. Um, luckily, you guys are building something good, so that's that's nice to get something positive out of it. And obviously, steeped in basketball knowledge, much more definitely than me. So I, I'm going to defer everything probably this episode to Peyton, but. Uh, yeah, he's the expert for sure. Yeah. <laughs> we are uh, opening up this episode, though, with some co- two p- big pieces of college basketball news um, that came out recently, um, past 24 hours, I think, both of them. Uh, the first one is that legendary head coach Roy Williams is retiring, who's been coaching. He's been a head coach since 1988 after spending. Uh, years at Kansas, he then went to North Carolina. More than 900 wins in NCAA, uh, including 79 in the Big Dance. Three-time champion, uh, nine ACC regular championships, four Big 12. I mean, absolute legend. I believe, what, four Final Four appearances with Kansas as well. Never got the job done there, and then came to UNC and just... One, one, almost immediately, and then obviously had the two following with <clears throat> super memorable teams, and also played in memorable games. And UNC has has it so lucky, don't they? Dean Smith and Roy Williams, just did, uh, an absolute legend. Where do they go from here, Peyton? Any idea who would be the successor? Is there even an inkling? Because I have no idea. Yeah, it, it just kind of depends on on what the athletic director and their administration what direction they want to go uh, i think they obviously have a great staff already in place uh hubert davis former player at north carolina he's on staff there he's got to be on on the short list um for successors uh, another name that i think is going to be a popular one uh throughout this is west miller at uh, unc greensboro um young head coach but has had a lot of success early on one of the one of the hottest head coaches uh, in the business right now. He's a, in a UNC alum, so he played at UNC. Um, like I said, as a coach at U- UNC Greensboro, so he has a lot of North Carolina connections. Um, I think that would be uh, uh, him and Hubert Davis. I think would be the two two right away that they would look at. Um, and then it just depends if they want to if they want to go a different direction with a bigger name. They they are North Carolina. They are blue blood. They can. They can go get whoever they want, uh, seemingly. So, yeah, but those would be co- the, those would be the two coach. names I would think. Yeah, yeah, that'd be quite the glow up, wouldn't it? UNC Greensboro, <laughs> straight to straight to the big dance, the big the big job. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, he was he was in the running for the Wake Forest job uh, last year, 
before. They gave that to Coach Forbes from East Tennessee State. Um, but yeah, like you said, man, it's. I think yeah, I believe he's only 38 years old. So it's if they want to bring in some some young blood, uh, I think that would be the the direction they'd want to go in. Yeah, he can't overstate how much of an impact Roy Williams also had, not just on the game, but on the players he coached. Just nothing but good things to say about that guy from all his players. Um, I think 100%. the video I saw today was Marcus Page uh, given his senior night speech about Roy Williams was one of the popular things I saw on social media today. Definitely go back and watch that if you just want to get a taste of what his impact was. Um, but the other big news we're talking about, the head coaching job of Texas appears to be filled by none other than Texas Tech's Chris Beard, who has been doing a great job with Texas Tech and is now going switching cities in the old Lone Star State. Um, this is after Shaka Smart left for Marquette. Uh, feels like this move was well in the making when this happened. Um, and it's a big shakeup for all of college basketball, Peyton. I'm, I'm sure you agree. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, you start with, you start talking about it, the Indiana job opening up, and now North Carolina, Texas. Texas is the biggest athletic department in the entire country. There's a lot of big, big-name jobs out there, and I think Chris Beard was the one that Texas wanted all along. Um, he's a alum from there. He started out as a student manager at Texas. Um, has done an unbelievable job everywhere he's gone. Has built program after program wherever he's been. Um, I think it was a win-win for everybody involved. I think Marquette getting Shaka was a, a great win for them. I think Texas getting their man with Chris Beard was exactly what they wanted. I think, but now it's definitely going to set off a, a large amount of dominoes, not just in the Big Twelve with Texas and Oklahoma or Texas Tech and Oklahoma being open, but across the, the coaching spectrum as a whole as well. Yeah, I could think of one loser, Texas Tech. That, Agreed. They're, Agreed. They're a loser, unfortunately, in this. They're the, they're the casualty of this. Um, I, did, you, did you see the little uh, shot Shaka took in his, like I think it was either introductory press conference from Marquette or just a news interview where he mentioned that he had uh, in his six years at VCU had sold out basically every night or like a hundred nights straight or some, some amount and uh, mentioned just kind of that didn't quite happen at Texas and not, right. and not just even in this COVID year, the fact that uh, they were a solid team in 2018, 19, 19, 20, you know, and almost never packed the house. And I think that had a little bit to do with the uh, displeasure between him and I'm assuming the athletic department as a whole, you know, he, he, he feels like he he thrives in that smaller school basketball school. This is the most important thing the school has to do um, environment where Texas, as soon as they win four football games, everybody forgets about everything else. <laughs> right. Texas, Texas is football one, two and three in that state. So it's a, uh, like you said, I think Marquette is a little bit, a lot more similar to the VCU environment, and I think, think he thrives in that a little bit more. Like you said, so I'll be interested to see um, what he does with that program. Marquette's historically been a great program, um, Big East, one of the best conferences in college basketball. So I think I think he can have a lot of success up there. 
Yeah, and I agree with your point about uh, all the head coaching because we we got to remember not only are Texas Tech and Oklahoma looking, um, Iowa State is now looking because they yes, let go of their do. head coach earlier, um, which I was a little bit surprised at because Iowa State's been so good the past couple years. I mean, this year was a down year, but the past four or five years, it feels like they're always competing for the Big 12 championship. They're mm-hmm. always making a run in the tournament. Yeah, Co- Coach Brown had some bad luck with some guys leaving a little early. Um, Wendell Wigington a few years ago left a little early for the for, uh, to play professionally. Then Tyrese Halliburton uh, a year ago, so he he drew a little bit of bad luck um, as far as that goes with some guys that leaving early that he thought were going to be two or three year players. Um, but yeah, it's there's going to be a lot of new faces in the Big Twelve this upcoming year. That's for sure. Yeah, I just realized that uh, Iowa State had hired a guy, Thomas Otzelberger. He was at yes, UNLV the past year. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the- another Big 12 connection with that, UNLV then hired uh, Lon Kruger's son, actually, as mm. their head coach. So hmm. Jordan uh, McCabe, newest member of the UNLV running Rebels correct, as well. Correct. I saw. So every, there's everything always, there's the dots always yeah. connect in some way. <laughs> yeah. But Definitely. yeah, uh, TJ Otzelberger was he? Uh, he was an assistant at Iowa State for a long time. He was uh, with Fred Hoiberg on their staff, um, so he's got some mm. some ties to Iowa State. Mm. Yeah, I'll be in rebuild. Yeah, I'll be I'll be interested to see where Steve Prom ends up though, just because you know he, he's he is a good coach. So wherever he ends up, I know he'll he'll end up doing well. Um, but. All that out of the way. Now we come to the main event. <laughs> We've got two great matchups ahead on Saturday in this year's Final Four. We've got, on the one side, Baylor coming out of the Big 12, powerhouse of the Big 12, been basically the number two team in the country all year long, against Houston, out of the American Athletic Conference, mm-hmm. uh, having their easiest run through the tournament and in, in known in the recent memory, at least. Um, but a great team, nonetheless, because they, they've got some guards. Where We'll talk about that. Um, and then on the other side, you talk about a historic powerhouse. Gonzaga, undefeated season on the line, and they are taking on the Cinderella of the tournament, Unusual to call Gonzaga the powerhouse and this team, the, the <laughs> Cinderella, the UCLA Bruins, as the 11 seed, have made it out. Um, Peyton, what have been your thoughts overall watching this tournament progress to this point? Uh, the first thing that came to mind was the craziness that we've had um, throughout the, fir- the first two, three, really even to the late eight, Elite Eight rounds. And yet we're still looking at a final four with two one seeds and a two seed. Mm-hmm. So that it, there has been a lot of a lot of crazy upsets, but at the end of the day, the cream of the crop always rises to the top, and uh, still getting two one seeds and a two seed, which normally does not happen. Um, kind of went a little bit chalk in most of the regions, except UCLA getting the upset over Michigan. We were we were one game away from three one seeds and a two seed, which hardly ever happens. Yeah, this is this was more of a destination versus journey tournament. 
the destination ended up being the final four that kind of doesn't, you know, we got one Cinderella that'll happen. And then like you said, chalk, the journey itself, we went 95 different ways to make it here. There was upsets galore all over the place. Chuck and I had a, I don't want to call it a, an argument, a disagreement on last episode about the, the quality of the actual gameplay of the tournament. So now I want to hear just your unbiased opinion before we go, before we, you know, divulge our sides. Would you consider this a, a great NCAA tournament? It, it depends on what you enjoy watching. Um, and no, these haven't been the most high scoring of games, but they a lot of and but there have been a lot of competitive basketball games. Um, and it's just tough when you have such a good team like Gonzaga. Gonzaga has blown out everybody they played, but outside of that, I mean, we've had some great basketball. Most. 90% of the games I would say have been have been pretty good basketball games it just depends on what you're what you're looking for and we talked about it earlier with it just being a wild year it's just it's been hard for anybody to really put together a consistent year all year and now you're you're asking guys to play to play two games in 3 days which a lot of teams haven't been able to do all year so um I know things have looked a little ugly at times but at the end of the day, I'm a college basketball diehard guy, and I'll, I'll take an NCAA tournament game over not 10 times out of 10. So we got we got to remember where we were this time last year and, and be grateful for what we have. That's pretty much where, where I was coming from. I was saying this is a great tournament. Uh, there's been a number of upsets, which I, I think are always exciting. And even if the basketball is not, you know, it's college basketball. It's never going to be perfectly technically proficient like the NBA and just, you know, superior athleticism. But even in those low scoring games, I think there's a lot to enjoy. It kind of makes it more exciting when, you know, that's the whole, kind of the whole point. You don't know who's going to win and upsets are possible. You know, in the NBA, it's like shocking when a six, when a six seed makes it to the second round, you know, that's rare. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I, 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 said this was a great tournament. Dan had another opinion. At the, at the end of the day, it's the, the greatest sporting event on earth. So there's nothing quite like the NCAA tournament where, like you said, there's the predictability kind of goes out the window when it comes to March in college basketball. Now, I'm only comparing it to NCAA tournaments. You want to give me, yeah, a day of 20 basketball games that is awesome versus almost any other day. I'm going to take it even if they all win by 20. But comparing it to other NCAA tournaments of past, I just feel like we haven't had the the moments and the the legitimate great down to the wire just proficient basketball games as many this year. I mean, there have been quite a few, uh, but you know, they they play a bunch. So that's we'll leave it at that. I just wanted to hear how Peyton felt about it. I, it I'm ecstatic. Okay. Slightly moving on. If we don't get Baylor Gonzaga, I'm gonna be mad though. I'm not gonna like I'm I'm gonna be upset. Like Houston, don't you dare do it, Houston. Or you, you don't you don't you two do it. You see like Houston. I I will not be happy. <laughs> yeah, I, I was uh I, I I agree I agree with you with that. I was very upset when COVID took that game away from us in December and now I feel like we're destined to finally get it in March. And I think it's kind of been something we've been trending towards all year. I think I think those two have been kind of clear-cut head and shoulder better than everybody else in, in college basketball this year. But 
again, that's why that's why they play the games in March. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, Houston, Houston's very good, very good offensive rebounding team, which can can bother Baylor when they go small. Baylor likes to play a small lineup with Mark Vidal in the game at the five. Sometimes this year they don't do it quite as much. Um, they try to keep them at the four a lot, but Houston goes and Houston goes and rebounds every shot, which I think could bother Baylor a little bit. But like you said, I think I think we're definitely trending toward that Gonzaga Baylor game, which after missing out on an entire tournament last year, I think that's exactly what college basketball fans deserve this year. Yeah, I've got some odds pulled up. We'll start with the Baylor Houston game. Let's focus on that for a second. Uh, Baylor favored by five points. The over under is about a one thirty four and a half. The money line, Baylor's only minus 220 and Houston plus 180. So it's pretty even as far as that is concerned. Fun fact, Baylor, the Bears are 4-0 against AP top 10 teams this season. And Houston have won 11 straight neutral site games. So there's your confounding neutral fact. Uh, what kind of game, Peyton, do you think we're going to get out of this? My my instinct being, being you know, not as ex- big expert as you guys, uh, I feel like this is going to be fairly high scoring, fairly fast. I feel like Houston, they want to play fast. Am I wrong in that or right? Uh, no, they're, they're a good, very good offensive team. It's going to be a lot of great guards on the floor that game, but they're both two of the best defensive teams in the country. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, I, I see what you, what you're thinking with the, with the fast pace, a lot of points, but these two defenses, they, they guard. So it's, it's going to come down to, to who makes shots, which sounds very cliche because at the end of the day, that's what basketball is all about. But um, I think it's going to be a, a very defensive game. Uh, something something of note with Houston, I think a lot of people were surprised with the run Houston made. But um, in the last 18 years uh, that Ken Palm has been around, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Ken Palm, but it's the kind of yes. the go-to st- statistical analytics, quote-unquote, uh, site that – college basketball goes to and of the 18 years it's been around 16 of the national champions have been in the top 20 of the adjusted offense and adjusted defensive rating so they've been in the top 20 in the country the only two teams that weren't that fell under that criteria that won a championship were the two UConn teams that went on magical runs mm-hmm. and going into this tournament there was only four teams that fell into that Kim Palm national champion criteria and Houston was one of them so I think um, Houston very good on both sides of the of the ball. Um, I think Baylor, is a, I'd give the edge to Baylor just uh, just because they those veteran guards, man, veteran guards are what win you games in March. And yeah. that trio of of guards, Jared Butler and Davion Mitchell and Macy Oteague, they those guys I think are going to be the ones that are the difference maker and they get it done for Baylor. Yeah, I I think. Gonzaga and Baylor were also two of the other three teams that were that were in those Ken Palm rankings of, of both sides. Um, yeah, I believe it was uh, Gonzaga, uh, Michigan, and then I don't know if it was Baylor or Illinois. Um, I think it was uh, – yeah, I think you were right. I think it was um, Baylor. It was either Baylor or Illinois. I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah. it, it was it was definitely Gonzaga, Michigan, Houston, and then – I actually want to say I think it was Illinois. Who, it might have been Illinois. Who got who got a very tragic seating with Loyola Chicago. 
Yeah, because they were always. I think Loyola Chicago was like nine or ten in Ken Palm, if I remember correctly, going into the tournament or so as well. Yeah, they were they were grossly underseeded, but that's a that's a conversation for another day. Right. I know. Well, and BYU also. That was. I, I didn't get that either, but that's that's another. That's also a topic right. for another day. Yeah, we we <laughs> we we discussed them extensively, Chuck. We don't. <laughs> um, that's true. Because I think the, the one thing I was going to say about your analysis, Chuck, with the fast pace, I think both teams, when they play fast pace, they it's because they're creating turnovers and get out in transition and run. And then the flow of the game does that. I see these two teams as very similar teams. Like Peyton said, two of the best defensive teams in the country. But then they can go run and go score and do what they need to. Um, I don't know how... Houston in half court scores on Baylor that well, though. They're just so fast and long. And Davion Mitchell sets the tone. Um, are you assuming Peyton Mitchell's going to guard Grimes? I'm assuming. Yeah, right? I, I think so. But Baylor, Baylor switches pretty much everything. So, right. I mean, you're going to have a lot of different matchups out there. Um, but that's something that Baylor does so well. They just disrupt everything you try to do on the offensive end. You, you can't really run sets. Um, so it's just going to come down to guys making a play off the, uh, with the ball, just trying to make a play off the bounce in a one-on-one situation because Baylor does a great job of blowing up everything that people try to run. Yeah, it, it's going to be a great game. Um, we're going to go to the other side of the bracket now. This is David and Goliath. You couldn't write it any better. This is the undefeated Gonzaga Bulldogs taking on or the zags are they the bulldogs i can never remember yes yes yeah. okay one of and the they, 82 schools that have bulldogs <laughs> yes uh they are taking on the ucla bruins gonzaga favored here by 14 points that's the line that's the spread uh the over under at 145 money line gonzaga's minus 1100 and ucla is plus 700 so I think we know where the money is going if you're putting money on this. Although at that point, I don't know why you're putting money on it. No, yeah. <laughs> the Bulldogs are 9-4 and four against the spread in non-conference games. The Bruins are 5-0 and oh against the spread in the, in the NCAA tournament. So, um, Peyton, what kind of Herculean effort is UCLA going to need to overcome Gonzaga? Uh, they're going to have to force a lot of turnovers and, and guard the way that they did against Michigan uh, for one, which it's tough to do. This Gonzaga team has so much firepower. It's hard to remember a, a starting lineup that was this balanced and this good in college basketball. Um, and then they're just going to have their playmakers are going to have to go and, and make a, make a lot of plays, make a lot of a lot of perimeter shots. Uh, Juzong's going to have to have a very Herculean effort, like you said, uh, similar to what he did early on in the tournament. Um, it's, it's, I don't, I don't see it happening, but again, <laughs> it's nobody else really saw UCLA get into this point to begin with. So credit to Mick Cronin and, and all he's done with this team. And they're going to, they're going to have to guard. That's for sure. And I don't, I don't see a way in which anybody can guard this Gonzaga team. I don't need to be as professional as Peyton Chuck. They're going to get boat raced. Gonzaga's <laughs> going to beat them by 20. There's just no, they can't keep up with them. I've never seen, I, I really hope Baylor is ready for it because I just think, 
I've never seen a team shoot and pass like this. They always seem to make the right dis- decision offensively. I mean, does you say they have to score 80 points to even think about winning this game? And have they scored 80 in the uh, in overtime? They did, I know, but I uh, I don't know if they can get to 80. And that's them playing super well offensively and somehow keeping Gonzaga to 80, which I just also don't see. Yeah, I, I I'm in agreement. Uh, I mean this. I mean first. I mean just Jalen Suggs alone as a point guard is so is so good. And then beyond that, and Corey Kispert, who's not hasn't played exactly great the past two games, but I mean he's Corey Kispert. He's still he's just waiting to explode, <laughs> man. <laughs> he hasn't really needed to. Yeah, which is the crazy thing. You have a first team All American is just kind of chilling for lack of better terms but i mean even even guys like january even guys like (laughs) joel ajayi and and andrew nimhard andrew nimhard there who's probably their fifth fifth best player he's just their kind of fifth starter he was the best player on florida last year like he's he's just that they're that good and that loaded of a team this year and i i don't remember like i said a starting lineup that, that was this good and this balanced across the board. And, and it's, you got to start talking about if this is one of the best offensive college basketball teams of all time, because they're, they're impossible to guard almost. Yeah. If this team doesn't win the national championship, they will be the best team to not win a national championship. Ever. Better than Kentucky. I, better than Kentucky. I think better than that Illinois team with Darren Williams. Mm-hmm. This team is because this team is loaded, yeah. one through five. I just, it, it's it's kind of wild. It's kind of wild. So uh, let's do a little foreshadowing. Let's just say Gonzaga wins and Baylor wins. Peyton, how do you see this behemoth of a matchup in this national championship game go down? If that's the case, I'm very interested to see Baylor's defense versus Gonzaga offensively uh the the two strengths kind of going at each other um like I said Baylor's guards pressure the ball up top uh a bunch they create a lot of turnovers they create havoc and they just they just blow up everything you try to do offensively and I'm very 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 excited to see the Davion Mitchell Jalen Suggs match up on that end of the floor um Jared Butler um like I said, the the trio of those guards, it's you can never count count Baylor out because of of how well they guard the basketball and and those three veteran guards. But like you said, if if Gonzaga doesn't win this, then it's it's up there with with one of the best teams to ever win one. So it's I'm I'm just hoping my fingers are crossed that we we get to see it and as fans get to get to enjoy that game. I'm operating under the notion we're getting it. I'm just assuming that's what my brain is, is, and that's all I can think about. Um, my biggest concern for Baylor is how do you stop Drew Timmy? I mean, Vital is awesome and is super savvy and super smart and knows how to play the game of basketball, but so is Timmy and got a, what, seven, it's, no, not seven, five inches on him or something. It's going to be going to be a problem. Yeah, it's it, but that's the thing with Baylor with them trying to switch mostly everything. I mean, it may be a, a variety of guys trying to guard Timmy, um, 
But yeah, like you said, Mark Vital, it's he's definitely undersized, but he he knows how to play the game, knows how to use this uh use his body and in a way uses his size to his advantage. Um like you said, it's just it's this is the one that everybody across America wants to see and um but Houston Houston's not gonna go away easily against Baylor, I don't think. I think we're I think we're in for quite a game on Saturday with that. I agree. Uh, I would. I unfortunately I would li- agree. <laughs> Listen, I I'm gonna ask now about a Gonzaga Houston matchup. Mostly, it's not that I don't think you. Well, I we we don't think UCLA has a chance. But I also think if UCLA beat Gonzaga at that point, all bets are off for the national championship game. At that point, I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> There's no point predicting a game like that. <laughs> yeah, throw right. the playbook out the window. Yeah, what, and one last thing with about Baylor and Gonzaga. Ba- Baylor is one team that does have the depth to mm-hmm. to go against Gonzaga's depth. Um, Baylor Baylor has a legit uh, seven eight guys that they can throw at them, and and there's not really a drop off anywhere. Flagler coming off the bench, Matt Meyer coming off the bench has kind of been a fan favorite with the mullet. Uh, they got the two bigs with uh, Chawacha and. Uh, Flo Thamba, so I think those two bigs combined going at at Timmy can make it a little bit challenging. But um, we can, like you said, the the Houston UCLA game. I don't. Hopefully, we don't have to see that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think Houston Houston does have a shot against Baylor, and we could see, definitely see a Houston Gonzaga national championship. Fun fact. Uh, both. Baylor and Gonzaga only beat West Virginia by five points this year. Mm-hmm. Only a five point difference between both those games. That's we, I mean, it's kind of, it's both life giving and disheartening that we yeah. played Gonzaga the best this year, probably in it's. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be that guy, but I'm going to do it as, as knowing who we are as West Virginia. Suggs got hurt. He, I know he played the second half, but he wasn't Suggs. Suggs. It was also early in the year, so I, I'm not taking that away from Gonzaga. I think they would have <laughs> beaten us by 15 if Suggs was ready to go. <laughs> I don't know. I just listen. The Baylor one. We were right there. That we played with Baylor the whole time. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just. Looking forward to next year. I think we're going to have a good team again. I'm just hoping this Gonzaga monster is out of the way. Next year is going to be wide open again. That's what's great about college basketball. Do um, we have predictions on our players? On McNeil and Sherman and uh, McBride? What are we thinking? I don't know. I, I, Peyton's the expert on here. He's He's actually... I was, yeah, I was generally. No, I, I have I have no insider information regarding this, but I, I have a feeling all three will probably be back. Um, of anyone, Deuce would probably be the one guy I could see. Um, but I think one more year could serve him well. Um, just because this draft class is, is pretty loaded, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. But Deuce is, man, that, that kid is special. He can he can be as good as he wants to be. He's He's got it all. I feel like he might be able to sneak into like, you know, top 20, 25 next year, you know, and then really make some money. Right. It just depends on on what he's wanting. If he if he's comfortable with the the rating that he thinks he's going to get and 
get some good advice from people and, and sees himself being a second round pick and, and is good with that, then man, that's they only pick sixty people every year to go to the NBA. And if you have an opportunity to go do it, you got you got to go do it. But um, like I said, I, I would expect all three to probably be back. Yeah, I imagine they go there and the NBA scouts say something like. Well, we like these parts of your games, but this is the part of the game that we would like to see you improve on, and that might help you move up or whatever. And so, I think I think first off, I think this is a great idea. One of the few great ideas the NCAA has ever produced <laughs> is this open period where it's like, hey, don't sign an agent, and you can come back. It's fine. You're just talking to NBA scouts about basketball. That's fine. It's one of the few things the NCAA has done well. In the in many years, hard uh, agree. Uh, yeah, it's it, it definitely benefited benefited Javon uh, mightily the summer after his junior year, going into his senior season, when uh, it was one of the first years. Might have been the first or second year. Yeah, I think it was because and, I remember uh, everyone freaking out when they saw he was going. He had de- he had declared, and we were like, we had to explain to everyone, no, no, no. Yeah, he can come no, back. He had, he had every intention of coming back, but it's like you said, it's to go get professional advice and to see what you need to work on um, going into next season. And Javon did that and made the most out of it, and he's now a second contract guy in the league for for a reason. I I think didn't Sags do the same thing? But I feel like he came back and someone said you have to be able to make a jump shot. So then he he started he started shooting from fourteen feet at all times. Yeah, like, ah. he had uh, he had some other stuff going on. He had a little bit of a knee issue as well, on top of some other things. But yeah, it's and that's it's just everybody. Uh, a lot of guys just have some bad people in their ear sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that was the case with him, but just in general, uh, that's the one bad thing about about the role is. You can go out and commit, but then that gets everybody around you kind of in your ear giving you some bad advice, which which can happen as well. So, Right. Yep. I've, the NBA is no stranger to any uh, things like that. Indeed. Well, either way, I think we're all looking forward to a thrilling conclusion of uh, this year's NCAA men's tournament. Uh it also, if you're not watching the women's tournament, you definitely need to. You definitely need to be watching. I mean, obviously, it's UConn. You know they're going to be great. But Paige Becker's basketball is – it's it's beauty. It's, it's appointment it's television. It is. <laughs> it is. Um, and Sanford-South Carolina is going to be a great game. That's going to be – that's going to be a legit, amazing game of basketball that's, right there. Yeah, that's, that's something a lot of people don't talk about is UConn – is the favorite because it's UConn, but Stanford is actually the number one overall seed. And yeah. They are yeah. a very, very good basketball team this year as well as South Carolina. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be a very entertaining Final Four on that end as well. You yeah. writing Arizona off, Chuck? Just just writing Arizona off like UCLA? I think, listen, Arizona's a very good team. I'm not trying to disrespect them. They've got a, a That's great a yes. Player. That's <laughs> but Bill, Bill Walton tried telling us all along we didn't want to listen. I know. Yeah. I, I know. We didn't even talk about earlier the Pac-12 in this year's right. tournament. But, you know, listen, for the average fan, I don't necessarily blame them for not watching the Pac-12. The average fan is not staying up to watch it, and I can't blame them. They got work. They got jobs. It's whatever. The basketball people, I can give a little more crap to because it's their job to watch basketball mm-hmm. games and analyze. Right. But, Yeah. 
but also it's March Madness. Like, come on, you 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 have to be undervalued to be a surprise. So there's always going to be that expectation, and it's hard to watch sixty eight teams worth of film. So like, you know, I, I yeah, <laughs> it's. The- like you said, it's March. I mean, holy crap! It's, it's not UMBC won two games or whatever. <laughs> like you, you don't know what's uh, the best. The best time of the year. Oh my god! I'll never forget watching that UMBC game. That was wild. Um, but anyways, guys, it's a great time. Peyton, thank you so much for being on the episode today. It's been a pleasure having you, man. I appreciate Definitely. you guys having me on. It's great talking to you guys. Looking forward to a really exciting weekend of hoops. We are too. And uh, if you're not paying attention to WU Tech basketball, get on it. Go follow them on Twitter. You can watch their games. Uh, it's great. Uh, thank you Appreciate all. Appreciate all the support, Chuck. Thank you guys so much. I still got my phone. Definitely, finger. man. Still got my phone finger. Let's go, Golden Bears. I love it. I love it. Go, Golden Bears. <laughs> all right. Great y'all. mascot as well. That under underappreciated mascot. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Alrighty, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Bush League. Good luck with all your bets, all your fantasy. Have fun and enjoy the games. Back in Zaka. <laughs>